Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Mark Josephsberg, who's an Alexander Technique teacher. uh, He's been teaching about 10 years, and he uh, works in New York City in Manhattan. And we're going to talk today about the Alexander Technique and stress, and in particular, how the Alexander Technique can help Uh, people deal with stress, uh, minimize the harmful effects of it, that sort of thing. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. So, uh, Mark, um, I didn't warn you about this ahead of time, but could you come up with a very brief description of the Alexander Technique for our listeners? You totally just stressed me out. <laughs> and so, and you use the Alexander Technique to deal with that, right? I'm going to have to. I'll do a quick whispered ah. <laughs> okay. And, uh, the well, the Alexander Technique has got so many descriptions. It depends upon why you're, you know, why you go for it in general. Mm-hmm. People have described it, you know, as a way to help them sleep. You mm-hmm. know, people have described different things, uh, reduced tension, use your body more effectively. It's uh, a way to improve what people generally refer to as posture. Mm -hmm. And it can help with, uh, therefore, it can help with neck pain, back pain, et cetera, and Mm -hmm. stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, it's interesting. I think when most people think about the Alexander Technique and what it's useful for, uh, the, the, the things that come to mind right away are, as you said, posture, um, helping performers do their work better. That's a pretty common one. Mm-hmm. Um, pain relief, particularly back pain, for which it's particularly well known for. And then this whole question of stress. And and str- stress as a as something the Alexander Technique is helpful for, is kind of all over the place in the Alexander world. A a number of books have stress in the title. I even wrote one many years ago, Fitness Without Stress. Now there's swimming without stress. There's horseback riding without stress, etc., etc. And stress kind of shows up everywhere. But there is not a lot of information in my view, of specifically how the technique helps with stress. And I think also there's not, a, there's not always a clear-cut distinction between external stress, something out there that stresses you, and then how you uh, deal with that in terms of creating or hopefully not creating extra harmful tension in your own body. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I would say also that the external stress, uh, we end up internalizing it. In other words, if if there's some stress out there, it doesn't affect us until we internalize it as stress, and then maybe we do things like tense our muscles and, you know, and so forth. But the stress doesn't go directly like into your lower back or into your neck right so so you're driving along the interstate or in your case uh the west side highway if it still exists and someone cuts you off that that could be stressful 
right? Absolutely, that could be yeah. an annoying and stressful. And But people, individuals, would react to that very differently. Someone would just say, oh, jerk, and let it go. And someone else would get into a whole state around it and start yeah. clenching and tightening their arms and tightening their neck and so on. Exactly, getting into a whole mental, mental physical state. Right. And, of course, it's, that's not going to be terribly useful in the moment for those people. Not especially if you hold on to it. Exactly. So in, how would you say that studying the Alexander Technique, applying some of the principles of the technique to your life, how does that help you be in the category of someone who can deal efficiently with a stressful situation without taking that stress into their own body. Right. I don't know if I'd be uh, what category I'd be in, but I do know that knowing something about the Alexander Technique and using it as a tool helps me be less uh, stressed out than I would have been without the technique. Mm -hmm. And the way I would use it, I think, is the manifestations of the stress, which is uh, could be tension. And it's funny that uh, the part that deals with stress or the startle response, the part of the body that gets you know, very affected by it, is the neck. It's certainly, a, uh, it's certainly one of the first places it goes to, isn't it? Right. Your, your neck right. and your head area, upper, upper torso maybe. That often is where it first rears its ugly head. <laughs> That's right, in the, in the ugly head, yeah. Yeah. And it can bring the head back and down upon the spine. It could make us, uh, you know, we, we tend to breathe more shallowly. And faster when we're stressed, mm -hmm. heart rate is faster, there's muscle contraction, and on and on. And we can do something about those things. So as, as, as someone who's been teaching for 10 years and studied the technique for, for a bit longer than that, I assume, what, mm -hmm. what, 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 is your, what are some of your personal strategies for, for dealing with an external source of stress? I would say uh, one of the first things would be the neck. I think we've heard this before, to free your neck or allow your neck to be free. Mm -hmm. So just just saying something like that to yourself mm -hmm. very softly without making a big deal of it, interestingly enough, can, can make a big change in what actually happens in your neck. Right. I mean, that's the, that's kind of the amazing thing. You deliver that message and your body or your neck or however you want to look at it figures out, understands what you mean and uh, does its best to uh, to follow that intention. Exactly. And if you choose to think about your neck as being more than just what's in between your shoulders and your skull or whatever mm -hmm. but the muscles go all the way down your back and you know the muscles on top of your head so it's almost like a shortcut in the good sense of the word just by freeing your neck without going through the thousands of directions primary and secondary that we could think of just using free your neck can just let it melt all through your body i would do that at the same time as think about breathing and when you say think about breathing uh 
could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, an expression, or at least I know of an expression, hands on the back of, your, of the chair thinking, mm-hmm. uh, so that when you move your hands and arms, you could do it in the same way you do it when you do this procedure called hands on the back of the chair. Mm-hmm. The same thing could happen with breathing, I believe. It could be whispered ah breathing. So maybe whispered ah is a, a very specific Alexander technique uh, exercise, you might say, or procedure. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could describe that just very briefly. Now you're, you're mm-hmm. stressing me out. This is the second time. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I'm testing you. I'm testing you. <laughs> yes. Well, it sounds like this. Uh-huh. It's a slow exhalation. With an open sound, you allow the jaw to release away from the skull. Mm -hmm. You want your throat wide open. Mm -hmm. You listen to the sound to make sure it's not a... Which is a little closed. Right. And uh, you go for that open sound. You let your ribs contract fully. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when you're done, you allow the lips to come together. You inhale through your nose without sniffing, without mm-hmm. making a sound, mm-hmm. and you and you repeat. And also, and this is all I'm thinking about stress as we're talking about this, one of the directions is to allow a smile to happen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which not only raises the soft palate, but I believe can help with the whole stress situation because of the body-mind connection. Absolutely. And uh, just to... to maybe give a slightly different version of some of the directions, some of the Alexander directions you mentioned. I, I personally tend to go for uh, what are called negative Alexander directions, which are statements of the kind, I'm not tensing my neck, or in the case of the whispered ah, um, I'm not uh, I'm not tensing my jaw as I do that. Or you mentioned about the allowing for a, a smile. Uh, I've, I've found that just saying I'm not frowning mm-hmm. can immediately open up my whole facial area as well as uh, affect everything else in my body. When you said that, it made me smile it, immediately. Exactly. I mean, it's it's it. You know, someone who's not familiar with the Alexander Technique, hasn't, hasn't had lessons, might find this a bit, um, what would be the word? It might, it might sound a little too good to be true, that all you have to do is request the change you want in your body. But I think the the beauty of the Alexander Technique is... It, it provides you a very specific way of requesting the change you want that it turns out that turns out to be extraordinarily effective that's right i think we request things everybody requests things from their mind you know all the time or request things from their body for instance when you move your arm it's the same thing you're you're mm-hmm. moving you're you're you know activating muscles or sometimes you you know making a clenched fist and then letting it go. Everybody can do that. Exactly. It's exactly. a little harder maybe the first time when you uh, let go of any excess tension in your neck that maybe you didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. But we do that all the time. Thoughts we do. We move our bodies with our with 
thinking. How how we think directly impacts how how we stand, sit, and move. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Now, before we began our podcast, you mentioned a specific uh, phenomenon involving tension, muscular tension, and the brain. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think I was just talking about the fact that uh, we used to think it was like the brain was like a computer that controls the body. Uh, but they're learning more and more that uh, the neural pathways go both ways. It's bidirectional. Uh, and embodied neuroscience is uh, evidently a big area, you know, in the past couple of years that people are studying, mm-hmm. realizing all the connections that go the other way. So the mind-body connection is definitely bidirectional. And so there's a body-mind connection, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, how, and how does that relate to uh, <clears throat> stress reduction or ability to cope with stress? I think that when certain parts of the body, like uh, certain parts of our face and facial muscles, when we do something with our faces, it's actually sending a signal to the brain. If you put a pencil, evidently, in your teeth uh, horizontally, mm-hmm. it it kind of uh, uh, excites or some muscles are being used that are the same muscles that we use to smile. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, registered in the brain as a little bit more happiness just mm-hmm. by doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a direct body-to-mind connection, body-to-brain connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, F. Uh, F. Matthias Alexander, who was the developer of the Alexander Technique, uh, I think in his view, uh, it, 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 the term body-mind or mind-body connection it was almost he actually i think saw it not them not so much being connected but actually the same thing yeah he and totally i totally integrated and that when you talk about thinking let's say mm-hmm. uh when he he would write in some of his books he'd say well in this chapter i'm going to use the word mental and i'm going to use the word physical right. but i want you the reader to understand that when i say mental I really just mean um, something that has that is more mental and has perhaps only a minor physical aspect to it. Right. Not that I I, I don't he I, he said in effect I don't want to separate mental out from physical. Exactly. I think he said there's no clear distinction between mental and physical. Uh, Although certain things could be more on the mental side, sure. certain things could be more on the physical side. So if you're sitting, if you're sitting in your chair thinking philosophical thoughts, mm-hmm. um, that's probably mostly mental. But there definitely is some physical stuff going on. Right. And if you're weightlifting, for example, that's a lot of physical. But there's there better be some mental going on, or you're not going to do a very good job of lifting the weights. Exactly. And even the act of thinking is a physical act. Yes. Because now that we have fMRIs to, to look at the brain, when mm-hmm. we're thinking certain thoughts, it can change, especially, especially repeatedly. It can change the brain in function and even in form. Exactly. Yeah. So we're actually building muscle, you know, uh, the way we build muscles in our bicep, we actually can build up the brain and build it up in size by repeatedly thinking certain thoughts. For instance, thoughts of stress 
versus thoughts of releasing your neck, mm-hmm. you know, re- the, the breathing that we're talking about can mm-hmm. actually change the brain. Mm-hmm. Although it hasn't been still, or the Alexander technique has not been studied in that way as far as I know yet. It it hasn't been directly studied like that, um, but um, there is some fairly recent research uh, um, out of England where um, they've actually been directly able to measure what's called postural tone and how it's affected by Alexander directing. And... It's not exactly what we're talking about in general, but they a very clear, direct, measurable connection has been made to how you think about yourself and what the nature of your postural tone is, which they measure using a very uh, ingenious device. So I think we're closing in on it. Neuroscience definitely is very active in this in this whole area. And I think generally speaking, uh, neuroscience has been confirming things that Alexander teachers and students have, have known for years. Right. They did some uh, experiments. I I don't know the, uh, all the details, but basically they, they uh, studied people who were going to get Botox injections. Mm -hmm. They tested them before and after the, their injections for, uh, of certain emotions and so-called negative emotions of anger, etc. They found out that after the Botox injections, which kind of freeze certain areas, you know, they're meant to reduce wrinkles, mm-hmm. but they actually freeze kind of certain areas, certain muscles, right. that the people actually, it affected their brain also in form and function. It actually changed the brain. Yeah. Yeah, Which, that's interesting, and yeah. and and it certainly works the other way too. You you, as, as we just said, if you think about, uh, if you think, well, I'm not tensing my face, or I'm not tensing my neck, or I'm not tensing my, my head, or whatever, that does have an instant effect. It may be subtle. It may take a little while for you to, actually, be able to sense that, but for sure, there is there is an effect. Right, and you could practice. Absolutely, yeah. And I guess we should say here, uh, for, for for listeners who are not real familiar with the Alexander technique, that it is taught in the in in, in lessons. Uh, it's it's it is an educational method, and pretty much most of the change that comes about is going to come about from the student. Uh, practicing what they learn in lessons. I mean, te- teachers, we can show them, we can show them some possibilities, we can guide them into some possibilities, and we can perhaps even more importantly sh- uh, give them some very specific strategies to use. But the use of those strategies, of course, is up to the up to the the student. Right, in that way it's the same. I teach music lessons too, and it's the same in music lessons. You teach, and then the student goes and practices, you hope. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, they're you know practicing at 45 minutes a week. Which is going to be slow progress. It's going to be slow progress. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And if you, with the Alexander technique, though, you don't have to practice you know, a half hour a day or two hours a day. You just have to practice you know, 24 hours a day. Well, uh, 
I don't know that you have to practice 24 hours a day. I, my my own experience is well. First of all, what is practicing? I mean, it is just get, delivering some uh, very simple messages to yourself, and they can they can be done in a split second. Right. And um, absolutely. I assume you were being a little facetious there with the 24 hours a day, right? Well, I was really going for 27 hours a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was definitely, definitely being um, a little fun Yeah, but like basically, it's just from time to time, you just experiment with, Which is with different what you learn. Right, right, right. Which is different than practicing drums or guitar or something where you have to take the instrument usually, you know, and actually practice it. With the Alexander technique, you could do it while you're doing dishes or brushing your teeth or, or riding, walking. riding the subway or driving your car or Absolutely. any activity that you do, you can just bring to bear what you learn. And getting back to to stress as our, our main topic, I think most of us in the course of our day have plenty of examples to experiment with with a stressful situation could be a very minor one, waiting in line or whatever. But all of those are opportunities to bring to bear what you learn in Alexander lessons. I live in New York City, so that's yeah. like new stress city. Stress know? central, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is um, has been voted the happiest city in the whole USA. <laughs> Uh, where stress, uh, you know, is not kind of out there every moment. Uh, people are pretty pretty serene here. But it doesn't mean that you don't run into specific stressful situations. Uh, I think that's inevitable. Absolutely. And they, in a sense, I just, I just thought of this, and maybe you could elaborate on your take on it. Having... having having uh, encountering let's say a stressful situation if you're an alexander student could be seen as a perfect opportunity to remind you to apply what you've learned in your alexander lessons i think just that could help reduce stress when you say just that you mean if you just did it when you faced obvious stress well, just the way you said it, though, if you if you think, okay, here's a stressful situation, this is a perfect opportunity mm-hmm. to whatever you say after that. I think you've already uh, initiated the movement, as we say, mm-hmm. towards being less stressed out in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because you 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 when you are a student of the Alexander technique, you learn very specific mental uh, strategies. Absolutely. To um, to reduce the level of tension in your body, and I would more or less equate reducing the level of physical tension with reducing the effect of that external stress on you. That's right. Yeah. I, I I agree. So if someone is uh, has a tendency to have a tense jaw, or their jaws mm-hmm. get you know really locked. Releasing that jaw, I think, could send a signal through the whole body to be less stressed right in the moment. Exactly. exactly. And if the you know, heart is racing, I mean, I can't slow down my heart directly. You know, maybe some people can, but I can slow down my breathing and making it more full, slower mm-hmm. and more full. And that will, in turn, uh, affect my heart rate 
positively, I believe. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Mark, is there anything you want to add that we haven't covered? Um, no, there isn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my uh, my guest today has been Mark Josephsberg. He's an Alexander Technique teacher uh, in New York City, uh, as we said before, the stress capital of of the universe, probably. And he's been a teacher for about ten years. If anything that we've uh, talked about today intrigues you, uh, we'll put we'll put a link to his website by the interview. And you, and if you live in the New York area, you can contact him. Uh, I'll also put a link to a website that will uh, will give you more information about the Alexander Technique and also enable you to locate a teacher anywhere in the world. Mark, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks a lot, Robert, and thanks for your service with your site and all the things you do. For oh, I love Alexander. it when people praise me. Thank you. That yeah. took away a little stress right there. <laughs> Good. 